Welcome everyone, it's Neo with Gator and Ardian. Are you ready to take your energy pills tonight? Card in the Energy Web is now live. Tonight we have very interesting topics to discuss and a special guest will join us too. But first we shared a hidden riddle on the cover of the episode 2 as you see. I am the central point of control, what I am. You can please share your answers into the chat. Ardian, can you give us a hint about our guest tonight? <laughs> yeah, our, our guest, uh, he's a special guest. Uh, I guess uh, everyone should know him. He's the one and only, the only chicken, or rooster, I'm sorry, that ever uh, entered a KFC and left it alive. <laughs> If you if you couldn't uh, guess him, he's Kobar. Yeah, it's Kobar from the Energy Web community. Welcome. He is also actively working in the energy sector. Actually, he's part of one of the Energy Web validator companies, Belgium-based Fluvius, if I am not wrong. So welcome, welcome to Card in the Energy Web, Kobar. How are you tonight? <laughs> and now we can we can continue with you, Gator. What are the main topics for the tonight episode? I'm passing to you. I didn't see, uh, thanks for, by the way, I didn't see any responses regarding what people uh, uh, think the riddle is about. Uh, the riddle actually is about uh, the switchboard and nobody seemed to have guessed it. Uh, we added a little switchboard in the back of the sticker and uh, the riddle that we added is, I am the central point of control, what am I? Uh, a switchboard is a central point of control in which you can uh, manage different assets with digital identifiers uh, in one system. Um, so this also applies to battery sector, which we will address in this podcast. Um, we will talk about uh, the stuff that we uh, discussed last time briefly um, in the first episode that we did, where we explained that the Global Battery Alliance and um, are working on several things for the battery sector. And next to that, we found out that um, Surpass um, is actually uh, involved with the GBA. Global Battery Alliance, but um, this was already known to some extent at least, uh, but it was acknowledged again in the last month. And it ties into what we knew from earlier uh, that the Global Battery Alliance uh, and Energy Web uh, tried, or at least Energy Web tried to form a collaboration with um, uh, Fluvius, uh, sorry, with the Global Battery Alliance. And um, we will talk a little bit about that as well. So this whole session is in the um, is meant to talk about the battery sector and the global battery passports, um, but also about the switchboard role in that. Uh, and we have some addition uh, if Kuber manages to uh, to get his uh, speech working. Um, we have some uh, information regarding uh, Fluvius and uh, EasyBat. Um, we know a lot about it, but he will explain a little bit about it and what is going on there. Um, so yes, with that, having, having said that, um, I think we can discuss a little bit about the Global Battery Alliance and what um, Ardian has written about that in the past via his Twitter profile. Uh, he's found some information regarding the Global Battery Alliance. Um, it's not 100% uh, certainly tied to EnergyWeb. Um, and just a small disclaimer, we didn't do that in the beginning yet, but everything that is being said in this, uh, in this card on the EnergyWeb session, despite that it's being held in uh, the official Energy Web Discord is our own opinion and our own ideas regarding uh, um, Energy Web and its co collaborations. Um, so we do some digging into that. We speculate a little bit, uh, but we try to keep it factual to the most extent. 
and uh, even when we found links uh, mentioned to what extent they're actually um, a part of what EnergyWeb is doing or to what extent it's us uh, filling in the blanks, so to say. So um, Ardian, can you tell me a little bit maybe about the Global Battery Alliance and what you found regarding that in the past? Uh, yes, I'm sorry, I was typing to Kobor. He He's having problems uh, joining. Uh, so the battery glo uh, Global Battery Alliance. Uh, so I found, yeah. So the Global Battery Alliance, uh, it's a global mission uh to establish a sustainable and a responsible uh, battery value chain and it's made actually from quite quite a few members a uh, hundred plus members uh it was uh, founded uh, on 2017 at wef if i remember correctly i think it was uh in partnership with mckinsey mckinsey uh, and uh, the part where, where I think EnergyWeb will be helping is the battery passport, which was uh, officially announced and opened as a proof of uh, proof of concept uh, this week at Davos, and we we actually got pretty nice coverage for for that, and we could see some some good uh, developments from the companies working on on uh, that battery passport uh yeah and later on on a, a on a on an ma from jesse and walter uh we heard him mention that uh, energy web is working with fluvius uh, a belgian uh, company to to help uh, create a better uh, to create a passport for batteries and then he mentioned that working with a Global Battery Alliance to scale this globally. So I think that was the first hint we got for, for GBA. But yeah, it's not official until the official Energy Web team drops the news. Uh, but after that, mm -hmm. yeah, we, you, you, you found some pretty nice, nice stuff, uh, the, the surpass, but also, I found last night that uh, uh, they are working with Gaia X to to build the blockchain that uh, they will be working on. Uh, I'll try to find that that uh, link. I think the steering committee guy from Tesla he he liked that uh, that post and uh, that's how I found it. I will try to find it find it again and I will share it with you. Okay. Um, also, if you can share the thread regarding the Global Battery Alliance, I think you shared it recently on your Twitter profile as well, right? Yeah. So maybe you can uh, share that again in this chat too. Yeah. Here, here I just shared it on the chat. Right. Nice. Um, and yes, uh, you asked me if I found something regarding this. Um, I didn't really find... So, so first of all, um, what I did find was... Um, there's multiple links to the Global Battery Alliance. For who doesn't know that what the Global Battery Alliance is, uh, the Global Battery Alliance is a, an international alliance um, to get battery passports um, ready. And these are um, being required by regulation, by regulatory bodies, so by governments more and more. Um, in 2024, uh, July 2024, uh, we will have uh, this regulation implemented by the European Union. Um, so I'm just going to share my screen now. 
And what you can see here is, this is something that I found on, on LinkedIn. I hope you can read it. It says EU authorities are talking about a mandatory electronic battery passport. From July 2024, the CO2 balance of batteries from the extraction of raw materials to production and recycling must be indicated. So battery production has a lot of greenhouse gas emissions that it leads to. And uh, the European Union wants to have this included in the battery passport itself so that we know what the extraction of raw materials to the production and recycling um, impacts, uh, how it impacts the greenhouse gas production. So on the basis of that data, a maximum CO2 value for batteries is to be set, which will be applied by July 2027. But the information is required by July 2024. Um, I also took uh, information from, um, from the European Commission and earlier um, regulation regarding uh, batteries and waste batteries. So this is uh, the regulatory text for that in Brussels, uh, December 2020. This is an old text. Um, it shows some information about battery regulation. I won't go through it all. It's too uh, boring and complex. But um, I read through it and the regulation is actually being implemented as we speak. Um, this is not something that is just limited to the EU, but it's also a worldwide initiative to get more information on uh, battery production ready. And the Global Battery Alliance is working on that. Um, and it, within the European Union, uh, there's also European bodies working on it. There's different initiatives started. But what is more is that um, SURPASS, which is an um, initiative in which Energy Web cooperates as well, has gotten funding from the European Union, this project, um, to develop a battery passport as well. Uh, this battery passport is, or this passport that is being developed is not limited to batteries, but it's also focused around, for example, um, the fabrics uh, sector. So uh, I think it was textile, actually, and uh, another sector. So batteries is one sector to which this applies. And you can see that if you go to the Energy Web website, you can see that uh, Surplus is a project that is mentioned there. Uh, so just briefly, I'll show you on my screen. Um, you, you notice that with the new website, there were different European projects being mentioned here. Um, here's EasyBat, by the way, about which we will talk a little bit as well, uh, created by Fluvius. And uh, what you actually saw is that uh, these European projects, part of Horizon Europe, uh, were being started and as have energy web participation in it. Um, and this one is actually the one which is involved with the Global Battery Alliance. And uh, you can see that here, uh, it's mentioned for the textile sector, like I mentioned, the battery and electronics sector. And this is not just a battery passport, but a digital product passport, which is a little, little bit more uh, broad than just batteries. And these guys have links with the Global Battery Alliance. So if you look at um, this, for example, this is a LinkedIn page that you see now uh, about digital product passports. And uh, it's posted one month ago by the Global Battery Alliance, in which they say that they're looking forward to the Surpass Digital Product Passport webinar, which was three weeks ago, uh, more or less, and uh, working with the consortium to share experiences regarding the battery passport. So um, there is involvement between the Surpass uh, initiative and the Global Battery Alliance initiative. But um, we're not exactly sure what extent Energy Web plays a role in there um, because there's multiple uh, partners, also blockchain partners involved in the Global Battery Alliance. 
And um, before I'm talking too long, um, what you see is that, for example, Kriya is also working on uh, on this. By the way, EnergyWeb is mentioned here as a, uh, and tagged by the Global Battery Alliance as well. Um, so what we see is that Kriya has developed this digital product passport for three different, uh, uh, two of the three pilots by the Global Battery Alliance. One of these is the Tesla pilot. And uh, Kriya has generated uh, a solution called resource for that. So here you see all the information about the battery. This is an example. And uh, in the data, you can see what is being tracked. And you can see how the data collection is assured. And that's by resource, which is, like I mentioned, initiative by Kriya. Um, the same thing for the Audi, Audi um, pilot project. Um, this one is also uh, provided the data collection by resource. And they focused on cobalt tracking first, but they will expand that to other resources. Uh, uh, if I can add, yeah. uh, about this uh, rescope mm -hmm. here, uh, here how, how we know uh, Tesla is going to build up, is going to work on a blockchain. Uh, here, I just uh, I just shared uh, the surpass uh, medium uh, page, and also here uh, on uh, five months ago on this day, the the guy from Tesla shared rescoop the blockchain powered uh, tracer of cobalt mm -hmm. from the mine to the electric vehicles, and you can see exactly the rescoop you just mentioned. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So. Um, this is a really cool initiative and it's uh, powered by uh, Kriya's solution to some extent. Uh, Kriya has been working with EnergyWeb on several things in the past. Uh, we know, for example, that within the Dutch blockchain coalition, Kriya has worked uh, with EnergyWeb on a biofuel tracking system, which is a bit different, of course, uh, than, uh, uh, than a battery passport and doesn't indicate any collaboration presently. Um, there's all this speculation, but we know that they're in contact with each other. And what we also know is that um, surpass is being um, uh, talked about within the Global Battery Alliance and that they're connected as well. Um, what I personally believe is that um, there is no uh, direct, I don't think there's a direct partnership or direct uh, product being built presently uh, by EnergyWeb on the Global Battery Alliance. Maybe there is, but uh, I do believe that um, this collaboration could start to exist and that it would be related to switchboard which is uh what we talked about uh what we wanted to talk about in this session as well um switchboard is meant for uh, asset management uh digital asset management um or digitalized assets i should say so uh by giving batteries physical assets a digital identity they can be made digital and managed via switchboard um the tracking that Kriya presently does and the tracking of resources that also Circular does, for example, which is the third use case. So, so there's three pilots that were created. I'll share my screen again. Uh, you can see that the third one is also for Audi, by the way, uh, and that they uh, are being tracked by Circular. Uh, this is all resource materials tracking. So it's not necessarily about the digital identifier for the batteries, uh, even though Kriya does provide that solution as well, I believe. Um, it could also be a management portal where you can actually see uh, the batteries and how they're being managed. And this is a battery passport, what it could look like. But the, this um, this tracking and this whole, um, you know, 
uh, you can see all kinds of information in this passport, but just tracking of um, and, and managing of these assets is something that uh, Switchboard could possibly provide. Um, so that's why I think that would come in. And where there could be a link between the Global Battery Alliance and between uh, Surpass, um, and why I believe that multiple blockchains can play a role in this kind of solution. Uh, but as I mentioned, it's all speculation presently. Uh, there's no uh, definite link between the two. So that needs to be seen. Um, shall we try and see if uh, if Bart gets his, speak, his speech to work? Or is that uh, something we still haven't fixed? Uh, I think... I can, think you we... can you hear me, guys? Yes, yes. we can. Yeah, I... It's uh, due to some setting in the channel, like I can only push to talk, so I have to hold my space bar all the time. Okay, let so, me introduce but, you again, Kuiver. Okay. At least um, we figured out something. Yeah. Okay, can you hear me, Kuiver? So really happy to hear uh, to hear that it's working, and and of course I'm really happy to be in this uh, podcast. So, yeah, um, we are very glad to having you. And let's start with again with you. Okay. Yeah, you are, you are, you I don't know working. if I don't know if Gator his um, uh, story was finished. Um, very yes, interesting. I, uh, thank you. I think um, I I will keep it at this to keep the conversation a bit going and not to uh, make it a monologue by me um, <laughs> because I can always talk and that's uh, that's not what we want to do here. We want to give everyone uh, some information and uh, and share stuff together. So. Uh, yeah. Please go ahead. If you can share your screen, Kubar, uh, please do. Uh, if not, then uh, please send me the, the stuff that you wanted to present and I will uh, share my screen again. Okay, I will try to share my screen, but I have to hold my space bar all the time. So I will now release it and try to share my screen, see if that works. Right. Okay. For the audience, Kubar is working, working in the energy sector and Actually, he's part of one of the energy web validators company, Belgium-based Pluvius. And now he will talk about uh, Pluvius easy bet solution on the energy web tech stack. Okay, guys. I'm really excited about Does this about work? It. Does this work? Yeah, yeah, we can see. Yes. Okay, awesome. So I have some some slides uh, prepared, but let's not make it, make it a dull... Uh, uh, slide uh, presentation. So, um, what I actually uh, would like to do is uh, go through some slides uh, with you all and um, explain a bit um, where we at with uh, EasyBot. Uh, EasyBot is the test solution uh, that we have built already. I think it's like uh, two years ago since we released uh, the first version. And we've done that together with Bebat. Bebat is um, a company in Belgium that is like uh, responsible for making sure that all the batteries are uh, like properly recycled and that uh, the life cycle of these batteries is um, done in a correct way. So it's in line with what Europe asks. Only um, until today, there is no uh, digital passport or, or a solution to track individual battery installations. Or, uh, yeah, I must say, to be correct, uh, there, there is one. Uh, we actually built one. Okay, um, only it took some time to get it, like, um, properly ready to um, start an in industrialization project. And, uh, yeah, 
um, I'm really excited today to say that uh, this project got approved, that we're now ready to go into version two, and that we will like uh, uh, from now kick this off and really build it. Um, not just in Fluvius, we really want to do it the right way. We want to do it decentralized, and we will work together uh, in um, co-creation in a consortium building on energy web with energy web with all the other companies who are interested in this uh, entire life cycle so uh, that's actually where we at and i i would like to yeah explain some things about it so because i think it's really really interesting and uh, i see a lot of discussions like uh, yeah what is uh, real uh, real uh, use case and when will we use the NG Web token and when will we see real money flows and so on? So it's all incorporated in this uh, kind of solutions. Awesome. Um, yeah, of course, the people interested in Energy Web for a while now, they know about the Fluvius and EasyBad solution from last year. Uh, but I think it's uh, slipped people's mind and uh, not, not, not a lot of people have kept up to date with it. So I'm really excited about this uh, presentation, uh, but thank you. Yeah, thanks. Well, yeah, I'll go, I'll go fast with this one because uh, no one is interested in, in this. So as you see on my screen, uh, you see a lot of silos eh? and you see that there are a lot of different companies involved in a complex process like life cycle of batteries and, and that counts for any asset, any any asset that is like um, in this uh, energy market, uh, it counts for EV, it counts for charging infrastructure, it counts from solar infrastructure, everything. And it's uh, a really uh, siloed uh, thing. And um, if we look like from a grid operator point of view, um, an end user who needs to um, like uh, um, send information to the grid operator, to uh, actually uh, commission the battery to say that he has a battery, which is obliged in, in Belgium at least, uh, he needs to do a very cumbersome process. He needs to go through a lot of paperwork. He needs to know a lot of things that, that actually are not his cup of tea. So it's a really, really um, difficult thing. And this slide says it all. So on the left, you see like 2000 people who start to uh, register their battery and, and who's, who wanted to do the stuff that uh, companies like Fluvius ask. And after a few months, only two people succeeded. And because, yeah, a lot of things are asked and it's very complex. And, and at a certain point, those people say, you know what, um, I don't care. I just don't register my battery. I use it and that's it. And that's, of course, a bad thing for um, grid operators because they want to keep their grid stable. They want to know what's going on at uh, the customer side. And um, yeah, if these things are not registered or if, if we just don't see these things and they, they are a blind spot, we cannot do anything with these devices. So it's not only knowing that the device is there, it's also enabling these things in the future for, for stuff like residential flex and so on. So this, this is just to, to show uh, the past. Let me go to the next thing. Okay, so we actually um, build a solution using switchboard 
for DIDs and uh, using smart contracts to track and trace the whole life cycle. And we built a solution um, on the blockchain because then it is a shared ledger and everyone in this value stream can do their own thing. Um, which means that Fluvius should not bother about um, if this battery is like legal, uh, if this battery is actually existing, if this battery is correct installed and so on. Uh, these are other parties who do it in the flow. And um, in a traditional system, this would be very hard to set up because you would need a very complex uh, aggregated system. But on blockchain, as we all know, it's, it's super easy. You can set it up transactional. And that's actually what we built. Can you give an example of how that is uh, functioning in practice? Yeah, sure. So um, what we actually do is uh, we try to uh, get uh, a DID, so a decentralized identifier, uh, so to speak, a digital passport of this device um, as soon as we can uh, on the blockchain. So preferably it should be in the factory. Uh, this is, of course, very hard to do. So uh, the, the closest step to the factory we have now is the wholesale or the importer of these batteries. And what they should do is they should like uh, print a QR code on the device, on the physical device. And this QR code is um, tied to uh, a DID, so to, so to speak to a blockchain um, address. And once it is there, anyone can like just with an app scan the QR code and see uh, where in the process the device is and um, add a new transaction. So for instance, if an installer installs this, he would just scan the QR and then digitally sign with his uh, credentials that are checked through Switchboard that he is in fact an installer and the, that he is actually an existing installer with a reputation and he just digitally signs the fact that he has installed this. In the background, we also store um, GPS coordinates and some other stuff. Um, we, of course, we keep it at minimum as possible, but we store some other stuff to make sure that this transaction is to trust. And then the next step would be, for instance, that somebody um, before uh, the battery is like put into operation in Belgium, uh, you need to uh, make sure it is verified. So these are people that come and verify your installation, just as you would see in buildings with elevators. In elevators, it's also they install it and before they can put it into operation, uh, it should be um, checked by a validator. Uh, or electricity uh, installation uh, validator or verifier. And they do the same. They have a reputation. They log in in this system. They have a, a decentralized identifier. Uh, so they can actually sign with their key that this is actually correct uh, installed and that everything is okay to put into function, uh, which is like really revolutionary because before, this was a whole um, tracked with papers, with paperwork. That must have been a cumbersome process. <laughs> yeah, really. It, it, yeah, but it is what it is. 
So um, I, I can, of course, only speak for Belgium. But this would mean, like, if you install solar panels, mm -hmm. it would take you two months uh, after the installation until you can actually, like, get it properly uh, verified. Because uh, you need to wait for the paperwork and a lot of people have to come and so on. And then um, system operators like Fluvius, they need to check everything that you are not like, um, uh, yeah, sending in some paper that, that is not correct. So yeah. um, it's really cumbersome pro process. So, um, yeah, I can show some screenshots, but before I do, um, Maybe what, let's hear if you guys have page. questions. Hmm? I see a mobile app on the next page on your presentation. Yes, it looks nice. Is it already live app or is it about to come? This one um, is in, yeah, it's not this, this particular screen. Uh, we skipped it in the in the first version, but we have already the code. And what we actually do here is um, it's a bit to compare with what we do in the staking pools. In the staking pools, you have to um, verify with your email that you are actually who you are. And what we do here is uh, the first time you install this, um, you actually have this process um, where we where we have the mobile phone. Um, get an identifier to prove that you are actually on this phone, and we digitally sign with um, biometrics. So you have a dump that we actually use right. to make sure that this verifier is uh, bound to a physical guy. Um, and this this way is even more watertight than an email because it's impossible to like, uh, yeah. Uh, register uh, a lot of different. It's it, it's always still possible, but it is harder. Um, but this is actually yeah, hundred percent switchboard. What you see here. Um, for for companies like Fluvius, it's it's super cool that there is a switchboard and the, that there is stuff like uh, EW does, because building this from the ground would mean um, like. For sure, half a year work, and now it's just there. So, so we were able to use this and, like, build uh, this kind of things in, in in a week. That is amazing. I have one question. Um, uh, so, when I when I connect the dots, so to say, in my own mind, um, you look at digital identifiers that are used to identify batteries, and you can make a battery passport of these. Uh, that is what we've been talking about in this session so far. A switchboard can be used to manage these different assets, these different batteries uh, with their own digital identifier. Um, is this also going to play a role then in the virtual power plants? So uh, for virtual power plants, you, you, you use the energy from different decentralized energy assets um, that are registered and these uh, come together, they're, they are being clustered and then sent out to uh, the places that need that energy. Um, so you stabilize the grid with virtual power plant with a virtual power plant, and you use decentralized assets for that. Um, do these batteries also play a role in that in that system, uh, or is it simply uh, energy generating assets such as solar panels and uh, and windmills, um, for an example? In my opinion, um, it will be playing a part, yes, and um, 
any use case you do needs uh, a way to digitally identify this asset and to verify that this asset actually is there and that the asset actually done something. So yeah, that's why uh, decentralized identifiers are key to all these use cases. So once we have the battery, we know the battery is there. It is actually quite easy to leverage this into a solution like virtual power plant or peak shaving or flex or uh, yeah, there's so many use cases. They're really cool because in my, from what I know about the industry is that uh, more and more focus is, is being placed on um, uh, storage systems or storage opportunities for electricity um, and storage of electricity for a longer period of time was quite hard in the past and it's still uh, not perfectionized, uh, perfectioned, what is the English word? It's still, it's still not a perfect system, but battery storage is growing and it's, it's growing big, better and better. You see that with Tesla Powerwall, you see it with uh, uh, all kinds of home batteries. Um, so I can imagine that this is a ever-growing market. Um, looking at that market, I have a question regarding that as well. Because as I mentioned, I saw different competitors in the battery passport sector. Um, Spherity, for example, which is a known company uh, with links to the World Economic Forum, by the way. Uh, the founder of that is part of the World Economic Forum himself. And uh, they're working on a battery passport and have a podcast about that. Uh, then there is Envision with Infosys working together with this Indian company on a battery passport. Uh, the Citopia, part of Mobi Initiative the, the, for the Mobility Alliance uh, with Partstrack that they created. Kriya with Resource. Uh, Everledger with uh, Ford is what they're working on on a battery passport. And there's others too. So what I was thinking is... Um, this system that is more and more comp competition, uh, it's growing. This the, the market is growing a lot for energy storage. Um, do you think this is a winner takes all market, or do you think because some of these initiatives have gotten a lot of government support, um, but do you think these well, could exist next to each other, or? Yeah, actually, I, I think, and I'm really confident that the winner will be the um, company who creates this in an open manner and uh, not closed source and uh, open for everyone. So interoperability is key. Um, at least we are planning to build this 100% open. So to speak, if a student in the Netherlands wants to um, address an asset that is like installed in Belgium, they can just talk and interact with the smart contracts and with, with uh, Web3 uh, APIs. Um, as far as I know, the other companies, they all have like uh, some remuneration model. Um, so, yeah, but it's possible that they will open this as well. But maybe important to say, um, EasyBet and, and also Switchport, they work on uh, W3C standards. So they use identity documents mm -hmm. and identity documents is an open protocol. So even uh, if you if you would like eliminate the blockchain part, it is still possible to uh, integrate and interact with assets created on this technology. I don't know if that answers your your question. Yeah, interesting. Oh yes, uh, I think it's very interesting, and it does. Um, well, I, I was also wondering, like um, I can imagine, if you want uh, to create this virtual power plant kind of idea, if you want to to generate a system in which assets that are connected to each other or um, 
communities, for example, that are connected to each other, interact with uh, energy stabilizing solutions such as batteries, uh, which can store energy and make sure that the, um, the supply of energy is more constant than when you're simply dependent on energy as it's generated from solar panels and windmills. Uh, um, you talked something about digital identifiers and, and connecting the system to each other uh, earlier to me. Uh, can you explain a little bit about that as well, how that functions and what makes it unique? I think you know what I'm talking about. I forgot the exact name, but it's still about the connecting of digital identifiers uh, to each other in, a, in an ecosystem. Um, to be honest, I, I, I don't know uh, what the answer right. would be to that. What I do know is that, um, okay, DIDs and, and all the standards we use and, and energy web uh, DOS uses, um, mm -hmm. yeah, they are open standards. So um, everyone who's able to read the documentation can interact with this. Um, so, so yeah, and, and, and on the yeah. end, once yeah. you have the battery installed, so, so like for Fluvius, the first step is just to know that there are batteries uh, but once they know it, they can use it for other stuff. And um, like, yeah, this project has been on, on the table for three years now. And mm -hmm. um, now we have a real momentum. So today, Fluvius is doing this project, not alone for batteries. Uh, we will also uh, register solar uh, panels on this. We will also plan to... Um, Registered charging infrastructure on this. So we really want it uh, open for all the assets. And in the future, we want a digital twin of the entire grid. Uh, so, yeah. Okay, it, it, cool. Yeah, we don't see it small because it's, 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 yeah, it's a waste of uh, potential if, if we do this small. Um, also, today, all these assets are like registered in, um, in S SAP backend systems really hard to change stuff really hard to uh, to do something uh, fast and in the future we want this on simple technology that is uh, like uh, yeah, easy to adapt yeah yeah okay cool um i think that uh, that explains it to me and did you have something else that you wanted to to show regarding uh, regarding what Fluvius has been building? Um, maybe I can I can show you one more thing that's really interesting. That's mm -hmm. actually my next slide. So this slide you see actually the process. Huh? So scanning mm -hmm. and then uh, filling some extra info, sticking it on the battery, and then you have it registered as a digital passport. Let me go to the next slide. Thanks for explaining that. That makes it clear also what is showing on there to the to the podcast listeners at a later stage. Yeah, it's always difficult, of course, uh, that you don't have uh, screens on uh, on Spotify. You know, but uh, this one is is interesting because uh, there is another problem we actually tackle in this flow. Um, like Europe has um, something as well, and it's called take back obligations. So. Um, Europe demands all the European countries from this year that the uh, money actually to like uh, take back the battery when it is end of life, that it is all prepaid. 
So in a normal classic way, this would be super hard to implement. It would mean that these companies like Paybot would need um, conventional banking and would have to like collect all this money on conventional bank accounts. And when something is like uh, taken back in 10 years time, something, uh, they should be able to, to pay for that. So it is impossible to track this. So what we actually built is in, um, in an escrow contract where um, an OEM, so a manufacturer, at the creation of a, of a digital passport, he deposited or, or he deposits a stable coin inside the smart contract. And it's only um, someone who's able to actually take back the battery in real life that can unlock this money. Which is like a, yeah, a very revolutionary thing to do. Oh, that is that is cool. How um, it's it's an escrow deposit function you said, and um, that is funded by community, I guess. And there's some sort of reward for that, or how would that work? Um, well, um, it has uh, potential to leverage this uh, into into staking all the stuff. But what it is now, um, today, it is uh, the plan to use a, a stable coin that is backed by a, a, a classic bank, uh, like you would say USDT or something, but, but a new stable coin that is backed by this bank. Mm -hmm. So, um, like, if this manufacturer wants to have, like, a thousand euros, he would need to pay 1,000 euros or, or send 1,000 euros to a classic bank account, and he would get 1,000 digital euros in exchange. That's the first step, the most easy step. And we would do this because of very, very strict regulation uh, today. But in the future, this can be replaced by, uh, by DeFi, by decentralized money, by, uh, um, yeah. Like smart contract created stable coins. Uh, regardless, uh, sorry. Yeah, regardless where the stable coins uh, come from, um, you can imagine that this uh, thing has a huge potential because if we have uh, like tomorrow 500,000 batteries registered in this system, it could mean 500,000 times 100 euros. This is a huge amount of money. And it's there in the smart contract, and it can be used for anyone who needs money uh, as a landing thing. Um, so this money is not just like doing nothing and dying. Um, having a battery can actually um, uh, like uh, create some um, monetary value and create some interest on the on the fact that there's money inside this battery. Awesome. That is, that is a great solution. Yeah, um, I have a question. Yeah, uh, uh, when can we expect this application? Do we have a timeline or? Uh, this year. Oh, nice. nice. This year. And um, we actually yeah, plan to go fast, but now we are in the stage of um, building a real consortium. So we want we don't want this to be an application of Baybot or of Plus or anyone who's like participating in this. 
we need uh, a new consortium and we need to do this together. So like, uh, for instance, this escrow functionality, it will not be built by Fluius. It will be built by someone who has um, the, the know-how and the reputation to do the banking stuff. So we would like work with the bank in this example. Uh, for instance, everything that has to do with um, uh, registering of the battery at the start of the process should not be done by Fluvius, not be done by Baybot, but be done by some federation who works today with uh, OEMs and, and people who are uh, uh, like importing batteries and so on. So they have to work in this consortium as well. Get this talks, yeah, this talks we uh, we already did, so it's not like a dream. We already talked with these people, so we have many people interested. Oh, it's a done deal then, another <laughs> done deal. No, this this reminds me of uh, the Vodafone integration we had with uh, uh, Deb, I think, DAB. Uh, they 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 work together with Mastercard to to integrate the payment method. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's yeah, if, if Mastercard can add value to this, they're happy, uh, or we would be happy to to talk to them. Uh, I, I will tweet. I will tweet at them. At them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You can always try, right? That was a great, great talk. I believe you provide lots of info info on Isabad. I have, I have a last, last one, one very last thing. Uh, we yeah. actually created something new already. It's already in, in on, on Volta. Uh, we have created nested DIDs and it's a, a, a new complex thing. Like a battery installation is just, it, it is not just a DID. It is a, actually a, a tree structure, a hash tree of different uh, modules, like in your battery. Like you see on the picture, you have like a base, uh, an inverter, and then you have three battery packs. And we have already created uh, smart contracts who can deal with that, who can like uh, create a hash tree of different modules. And on the top hash, you have the installation. Um, so this smart contract for those who can uh, like dig on Volta, uh, you will be able to find this. And uh, yeah, we have it already. So. That's the last thing, and now uh, let's go to the rest of the podcast. This is actually yeah. really wanted to uh, to talk about uh, what I meant with the question that I had earlier about um, the connecting of multiple assets. So nested DIDs is you combine in a bundle, so to say, the DIDs, and you uh, have a system for that. So this could be, if, I, if I'm understanding it correctly, that is, uh, this could be used for, uh, for example, uh, a regional community or a local community um, with different assets then, or am I mistaken there? Technically, you could use this. Uh, like we have implemented now, it's um, to describe a bill of material of one installation. So for instance, if you have uh, solar panels on your roof, uh, it is like 10 different uh, solar panels and one inverter. So um, those 10 panels plus the inverter, which makes 11 DIDs would combine together in a 12th aggregated DID. So we know that this is the installation. And at the moment on blockchain, you change 
anything, you have a new installation. It's not the same one as before because you have changed the panel or something. And that's what we built here. Nice. I like it. Thanks for explaining that. A little bit different than I, than I thought it was, but it's, uh, it's great. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I think, was this the uh, part that you wanted to present, uh, Bart, or was there more to it? No, that was basically it. So I'm, I'm like open for questions or to discuss other things. Any questions uh, from the public, maybe? Uh, you can ask them in the chat if you don't want to speak. If you do want to speak, you can uh, ask to be unmuted by us. And uh, uh, remember to press push to talk. So press the space bar if you want to talk like uh, what I had to do as well. I gave it a few seconds for people to ask questions or come up with any questions. Um, in the meantime, uh, maybe we can uh, we can go a little bit further with uh, with all the stuff that we that we found out about. Is there anything else that you, Neo, or uh, Arjen, uh found and still want to uh, share with, with us in this uh, session? Yes, I will add something. It's speculation, my personal speculation, but I had to talk about it because it's in my blood. So, but uh, after the quaver, I will share. I will share some cool stuff. Nice. Um, I don't see any questions coming up, so it seems like we got everyone silent. <laughs> I have one about speculation. People have been asking to me, like, how is this kind of tools like easy, but how is it going to be, be beneficiary for NGW token? Uh, well, I can say um, it is for sure uh, beneficiary, not just for paying the transaction costs, because we know this is a very, very little part of NGWeb token. But what we are planning to do here is actually see if we can um, uh, request a little bit of NGWeb token to actually create um, an identifier DID during the process. Uh, so to speak, like um, to pay like the costs for the consortium or for the for the for the backend work. Yeah, it's it's just an idea. It's 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 not like uh, put into action yet. So, but it is like all possible to do this. And if people in the community have ideas about this, uh, please feel free to discuss. Yeah, you should do it. Nice. I I have one more question. Um, is this? Um, do, do you see any obstacles in the adoption of these battery passports? Because what we've seen in the past with EnergyWeb, but also with any other project in the crypto space, is that uh, regulation is often an obstacle, as is um, uh, you know the the companies daring to do something with crypto and blockchain. Um, do you see any obstacles like that with the battery passport, or do you think that it's actually supported by governments at the moment? We already talked to the government about this, and it's a done deal. Uh, only thing, only thing that is um, a difficult one, but that comes for the entire Web three space. That is, if we want to roll this out, uh, involving regular people like not me and you, because we are not like really regular, but uh, your mom and dad, or your your grandfather, or your neighbor, they should not be bothered with anything blockchain, uh, MetaMask, and stuff. So that is uh, a real like challenge, but we have already solutions for this. Uh, but it is one of the main challenges. And another one is um, 
yeah making sure that devices uh, are able to talk crypto that they can store uh, like digital uh, tokens and so on so but for this use case it's not really needed i would say the biggest one is making sure that these applications are built on blockchain but nobody knows they are built on blockchain that's the tricky right. part uh, and um is there any other solution like uh like switchboard uh around because i think that the the whole management of assets of digital assets um a lot of people are focusing presently on these digital identifiers a lot of companies are focusing on that verifiable credentials are a hot topic self-sovereign identity is a hot topic presently um do you think that EnergyWeb has a golden egg, so to say, um, regarding the management solution, the switchboard solution, or is there other competitors around as well? I think they have a golden egg. Awesome. That's good to hear. <laughs> um, that's they, they've done two things really right uh, in EnergyWeb. They built switchboard on open standards. So if you look at all these other projects, that you named, uh, if you, for instance, look to the European blockchain EPSI, uh, uh, they yeah. use exactly the same technology as the IDs on Switchboard, only they don't have a management solution, which which uh, Switchboard is. It's a front-end on uh, all this back-end stuff. So, yeah, I, I really think NGWeb has a really, really cool uh, solution here. Great. Yeah, I, I hope I hope you say that. But um, you know, I found a lot of these digital identifier companies, a lot of these battery passport companies, but I didn't find anything about the management of these different assets. Um, I believe that there's also different DIT standards, right? I, in one of the previous Energy Web sessions, it was talked about that there is about uh, fifty plus different different DIT standards. So these will be standardized, or at least um, will have to comply with certain regulation in order to um, function on the same system, right? Yes, but we are using the, the standard. Um, the W3C standard is the most seen standard in the space. Europe is using this. Even uh, the Hyperledger Foundation is using this. This is the standard. So um, the architects at, at Energy Weapon, I, I, believe, I believe it was uh, uh, Micha and Ionis, all those guys, uh, back in the days, they, they did a real good job with uh, not going over uh, like one night of ice. They really worked this out really good. So I think it will pay off in the future. Nice. Um, I have to switch to uh, to Neo for a second because uh, Neo has to leave soon. Uh, so I, I know that he wanted to share something. Maybe if we want to talk further about this, uh, Kuba, we can do that after uh, Neo's uh, uh, information that he wanted to share with us. Yeah, thank you, Gator. So you, Ardian, and our guest Quevar provide lots of great info on Global Battery Alliance, Isabad, and so on. Legit and in-detail information I'm talking about. But I want to talk something speculative, actually. Speculative, but exciting. Before we end this episode. It's all my personal speculation, to be clear. Uh, and I will share my screen right now. Yes, okay. Can you see it? Can yes. Screen? Okay. Yes, it's good. Now, you know EnergyWeb 
recently updated the official website, energyweb.org. Let's look at it together. Great pa partners, by the way. So this is. EnergyWeb is providing decentralized operating system for the enterprises, you know, but they are also about to launch their own ready-to-use solutions uh, like Greenproofs and asset, asset Management and Data Exchange, right? While they were updating the website, they added, uh, they added the Tesla Model 3 picture, as you see right now, on the Data, data Exchange solution. Podcast listeners can also see this picture if they visit the official website and scroll a little bit down. Yeah, that's odd. That's really odd. Yeah. And it's... Something. Okay, that's something. But let, let, let's look one more thing. Can you see it, this page? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, EnergyWeb is an open source technology, so we can check their codes. This is EnergyWeb's GitHub page. We are looking at the DID registry codes and fold folders. As you see, I'm going to search about the Tesla. Okay, Tesla Model 3 again. On claim data, name, capacity, and another one. And one, when was this in, uh, updated? Can you see that there as well? Yeah, it's updated three, four months ago, but this info is older than that. Yeah, they because I recall it. seeing that before as well. Yeah. Oh, two days ago. It's actually new. Interesting. Um, yeah, maybe it's uh, it's updated with the, the page, web page, web page, uh, web page was web. just yeah, just last night I think. Yeah, last night. So you can call it a coincidence, of course, but no one can make me believe in that. Sorry. You know why? <laughs> because EnergyWeb also updated its Voldator page a few months ago. Uh, I mm -hmm. don't know if you remember. And yeah. they didn't add the Vodafone and NG logos at first. Do you remember mm -hmm. that, Gator? Yeah, yeah. We need permission, I think. Yes, because they were waiting an approval from them. They are already, mm -hmm. already Voldators, by the way. So mm -hmm. this foundation, Energy Web Foundation, never uses another company's logos in their website without without an approval, right? Especially yeah. non-member ones. So this is this uh, is so exciting. Yeah, th this could be a, a stock photo, by the way. But yeah, Energy Web always ma made sure to not not bring this kind of photos. Which on it, the crypto side is really exciting yeah. and really really bullish on the crypto side but yeah energy web never shared this kind of pictures which is quite quite uh, good right yeah that yeah, is and um you know from Korea, um that that is one one thing that i'm wondering about Korea, the the dutch company that uh, works with tesla for the cobalt tracking and is going to expand to other resources um they work with tesla tesla officially uh last year i already found that they are included in the official tesla year uh, in review, so to say, or the, the, the papers that they bring out every year. And as a partner, um, Tesla has, I believe, two blockchain partners or one uh, that is most prominent, and that is uh, Kria for the materials uh, tracking. Uh, Kria is actually uh, working uh, together with EnergyWeb on some things, uh, like I mentioned, with the Dutch Blockchain Coalition. So 
There could be links there. Uh, it could be that Energy Web provides uh, some sort of uh, solution other than the materials tracking, maybe the digital identifier, or maybe the switchboard solution for this battery passport. But that is uh, speculative, as, as you said, Neil. It is interesting that they added a Tesla picture. I don't recall seeing specific brands being added uh, before. Um, it could also be testing, right? It could be that they want to see if it integrates with the Tesla Model 3 and just did the testing in the programming side for that. Um, so it will remain speculation, but it's interesting that the function is at least there. So, um, solution one, one is thing, yeah, one thing with energy web is, uh, always <laughs> the speculations always ends, uh, becoming true. So yeah, I'm with, with Neil here. <laughs> I, I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. We had crazy speculation about Tesla, about BlackRock, about every kind oh, of company. That BlackRock. Yeah, uh, even one of the, I think, team members from Energy Web uh, passed to, to Tesla. Uh, it was hired by Elon Musk himself, I believe. Mm -hmm. The yeah. 25 guns or 24 guns. Uh, yeah. he, he chose yeah. a team of 25 uh, people and he hired them uh, directly. He, he was on the room. Yeah, he did the uh, hiring personally, I know. Uh, this is, of course, uh, also known information from the past and the same thing for... Um, uh, what was it again? Um, I believe there was this also this uh, this one solution, right? That we that we had with Tesla before a, a link to it that we talked about. It was uh, with Grid Singularity, Auto, I believe. Yeah, uh, Autobidder. Autobidder. Yeah, D3A yeah. from uh, Grid Singularity, and um, that we have s several tweets of that that we shared in the past uh, to uh, to show um, uh, Tesla connections. It was actually. Uh, um, Mario Pavlovich was the guy, by the way, from the 24 guns or 25 guns from Tesla. Um, and um, he worked for Energy Web in the past and switched to Tesla. Of course, it doesn't say anything, um, but it means that Elon Musk at least knows about Energy Web. Otherwise, uh, because he interviewed Mario Pavlovich uh, personally, yeah. um, he must He's know about the name at least. But it, yeah, it's all different links. Yeah. I'm sorry. He still likes the Energy Web post when they share on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's quite, uh, he's still I think it's connected or he still watches uh, to the old job he did mm -hmm. uh, yeah of course he is I would do the same thing with my old jobs I, I watched my previous job as well and I like their posts and stuff as well you know it's, it's a normal thing to do a human thing to do but um, it is bullish that uh, he was hired to Tesla and that he spoke to Elon Musk in the past right so he worked for, for Energy Web right before that um anyway that that is all out in the open for a while now and it led to all the tesla speculation in the past uh, um, there, there were there were even energy web uh, founders that uh, mm -hmm. visit uh, tesla manufacturer it was anna yeah, i think anna, anna and edward edward Hussey. it was anna ed and erwin erwin small I ah think. yes erwin too yes yeah exactly yeah, cool. Um, so yeah, we have got quite some links, but nothing concrete to prove it, I believe. Or am I wrong on there? Yeah, it's our speculation. Yes, exactly. But based on facts, <laughs> actually. I see we got a response from Daniel in the chat here, actually. So I'm just going to read it out loud so that podcast listeners can hear it as well. Um, Daniel says, hi guys, I can quickly tackle this. Just a photo on the website question. So nothing else. Uh, the photo is a stock photo of an electric car, which seems to be a Tesla car, not a Tesla logo. 
Uh, we have the same car on our first website as well. Uh, then he says, keep an eye out for so on social media for official announcements. Uh, awesome sessions, keep it on. And he says, yes, indeed, Mario Pavlovich was hired by Elon himself and is now part of uh, the 25 guns of Tesla. And he said, hope this is appreciated. Um, again, awesome session. Yeah, this is definitely appreciated. Um, thank yeah. you, Daniel. Gator. And, um, Gator. As I said before, no one, no one can make me believe that this is random. So, <laughs> I am stick with that. <laughs> thank you, Danny. We want to believe. You've taken a purple pill, I yeah, see. Yeah, of course. Not the red pill, not the blue pill, but the purple one. Good. We're in the matrix after all, right? Okay. Um, anything else that you wanted to add to that, Neo? Because I believe you, you said you had to go uh, soonish from now. Yeah, I had to leave, actually. It, that was a great session, I believe. Koyabar pointed out very interesting things on the Energy Web Tech Stack and related to Fluvius, of course. And... Mm -hmm. Also, your speech was very good. And that's it, actually. I really enjoyed the session. And I am passing to you. And Thank I had to leave. Sorry. Thank you, Nia. Thank you for your contribution. Uh, it was a great session. I believe, unless Audion has things to add or other people want to add things or ask questions, um, then uh, uh, let me know. Um, and we can continue it for a few minutes. Uh, but for from my end, uh, this was all I had to uh, to bring into this session. Uh, Arjun, anything else from your end? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty, pretty. Uh, yeah, I, I don't have anything to add. I'm pretty excited about this session, and uh, Kobor really helped us and really gave some good insights for for what's to come to Energy Web and what he he built for the past two years, I think. Uh, easy, but I think was uh, application done uh, that, that started on Energy Web on 2021. So it's two years, two years now, I think. Yeah, I think it's three years. And yeah, once again, um, this all wouldn't have been possible without um, the very tight contribution with Energy Web uh, itself. Um, a lot of enthusiastic uh, people have like worked on this. It's not something I did alone, not at all. So um, I would once again uh, like to yeah, emphasize that uh, switchboard and, and all the genial uh, minds behind uh, Energy Web and, and Energy Web team has, has done a really, really good job. So yeah, we're about to uh, to bring this to production. Yeah? It yeah, will be so I awesome. Yeah, I can't wait for that. And as always, a humble, a humble rooster you are. <laughs> thank you for everything. Yes, thank you for everything. Also to all the other listeners, um, thank you for attending. Uh, please spread the word if you want to hear more uh, of these uh, things in our sessions. I think we've managed to bring some really new information to you guys and some interesting session about a very important topic in the coming years. Um, what we will do, Arjen, I believe that we have several uh, that we can cut this session into we've talked about different aspects today and i believe that um we can cut it up a little bit so that we have some smaller youtube videos we will cut also some parts out where we had speech issues so that we can make it into a good podcast um please spread the word if you want to tell people about energy web and about the solutions that we're building and if you want to dive a little bit deeper um into the energy web uh, like us then uh 
please uh, attend the next sessions as well and we'll give you some more information um, yeah Adi, thank you very much again uh, sloth very much uh, a lot of thanks for recording the session again and for making it possible for us to post this um and neo has already left i believe uh because he had to attend somewhere else um thank you very much everyone once again yeah thank you and hopefully we will have Cobar again on some next episodes with us that would be cool thanks for having me whenever i can contribute to something reach out awesome i'll keep you to that <laughs> have a great evening guys or a great day wherever you are and see you next time Bye-bye.